Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to bring the Thursday night showdown slate between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Uh, before we get into the video, I want to thank you guys again for the continued support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, the easiest way to support me, since all the content is free, is to leave a like button on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, you know, you know when I go live. I'll always, for the show on sites, be live streaming 30 minutes before lock, on the main sites, one hour before lock on my YouTube channel, so make sure to check the live stream. I'll get to all your guys' questions. Um, also, if you guys cannot watch the YouTube videos, I do upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below. It's the DK DFS show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So, finally, guys, finally we get a good showdown slate. We have suffered through Patriots, Jets. We have suffered through that Vikings-Bears game. Like, it's been like, I want to say like four or five straight just really, really bad games uh, on the island games, the showdowns. Uh, but finally, we get a good one, and I'm really, really excited about this. But yeah, before we talk about players and their prices, just like, let's look back at the lineup from Monday's showdown slate. And Monday did not go well for me. Uh, it did not go well for majority of people, I feel like. Uh, the Bears' passing offense was just completely dust. Uh, that game, you know, was projected to be ugly. I mentioned, you know, both defenses, you know, were, were in consideration because they are cheap enough. We'll go over, actually, the min the, the winning lineup in the Millie Maker. Um Never a lineup. I don't. I don't think I would have got to that with a thousand lineups. But we'll, we'll take a look at the winning lineup here in a sec. Yeah. So my lineup. You know, I kind of told you guys where I was going. Right. Mooney and the captain. Uh, it was just a disappointment. Chicago. Uh, just could not. I, I forget what they finished with. Yeah. 106 yards passing. It's absolutely terrible in in a really good matchup. Um, you know the the contrarian way. Ended up working out really well, which I mentioned in the live stream, right? That that pivot off of because we knew Dalvin Cook was going to be so popular to go to Kirk Cousins in the passing attack, and that that won it, right? It was Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, right? So yeah, so really, again, anything can happen in these showdown slates, uh, and but there's a lot, a lot of variance involved in these, and I always say, don't go crazy uh, with, with your entries in these showdowns. Like there's again, there's a lot of luck. Save those for the main slate. Um, I don't go crazy for these. You know, I play these a little bit more for fun. Uh, but yeah, the rest of my lineup, yeah, Dalvin Cook was was okay. But again, for his price, well, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, Kirk Cousins was actually pretty solid. You know, knew out he was going to be lower owned. Uh, Foles was obviously a huge disappointment, almost 70% owned. Kyle Rudolph mentioned him as my favorite value. He went for almost 10 fancy points. was pretty solid. I took a shot in Lamar Miller. He only played a few snaps. We did have a couple catches. Um, yeah, really just an ugly slate, but, uh, yeah, let's take a look at the winning lineup because I do want to show you guys this is kind of crazy in the Millie Maker. So, like I said, I don't think I could have ever gotten to this lineup if, if I had like a thousand, uh, entries. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, the captain, Kirk Cousins, Thielen, Cordero Patterson, and then both defenses, both defenses were in the winning lineup. Uh, crazy, like he, he does the Minnesota passing attack and then the Bears defense, it's crazy how that worked out, but it did. Um, so, yeah, that's really the look back of uh, Monday's slate. Again, forgettable one for myself, uh, but really, really excited to talk about Arizona and Seattle's uh, Thursday night showdown slate. So, let's take a look at the Vegas odds. And, yeah, 57 and a half over under. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Seahawks are three-point favorites. I mean, we saw what happened a couple weeks ago when they, these teams matched up, right? Um, so let's take a look at snap counts here for each of these teams last game, and then we can get into the player-by-player -player breakdown. 
So last game, it was pretty much an even 50-50 split with Drake coming back from injury. He played 52% of the snaps. Chase Edmonds played 49% of the snaps. Uh, but they did kind of mention that before lock that it was going to be a pretty even split. Uh, you know, maybe this game to go a little bit more to Drake. But, you know, the downside of Ken and Drake, obviously, is just surprisingly, there's just no no involvement in the pass game this year. Uh, Edmonds is, is more the guy that's getting involved uh, with the pass down work. Wide receivers for the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins is going to play majority of the game. He played 96% of snaps. Larry Fitzgerald, even though he's you know getting up there in age, he's still playing basically the entire game. He played 90% of snaps, and Christian Kirk played 74%. Andy Isabella, their number four receiver, played 15% of the snaps. Um, nothing really more than a dart throw. If you look at tight ends, uh, Williams played 53% of the snaps. Dan Arnold played 48%. Daniels played 19%. We do have Williams and Daniels questionable. If they're both out, then I think Dan Arnold does make for a pretty solid value play. Uh, again, we'll get to that once we talk about the player-by-player player breakdown. Seattle running backs, this is the mess. This is the headache. Uh, kind of feels like the Bears running back situation on Monday. We just we don't know. Uh, we have Carson status up in the air. We have Hyde status up in the air. They're the number one and number two have been out for a little bit. Uh, we have Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. So, who knows what's going to happen? Last game, actually, Alex Collins did get the most touches. He played 48% of the snaps. Dallas played 33% of the snaps, and Travis Homer played 10%. Uh, again, we might have Carson and Hyde back in this one, too. So, uh, could get ugly. I'll try to do my best to break it down. But right now, it's kind of a situation I want to stay away from. Wide receivers for the Seahawks. Uh, we know Metcalf and Lockett are going to play the majority of the game. Now, Lockett actually was uh, on is is on injury report. His status is questionable. Something to keep an eye on. If he ends surprisingly getting ruled out, then guys like David Moore and Swain look like two of the top value plays of the slate. Uh, and they're using you know three and four wide receivers. That's a lot more here for Seattle. Last game, David Moore sixty one percent of the snaps. Freddie Swain thirty seven percent of the snaps. And finally, tight end. Uh, for Seattle, Greg Olson played 72% of the snaps last game. Will Disley, 30, 36%. Hollister, 9%. But Seattle on their tight ends is kind of, if you go, like, week by week, it's just so up and down, right? Like, Olson played 72% of the snaps last game, two games ago, 40%. It was Hollister that played more, 48%. He played 9% last game. And you can just go, like, week by week. Like, it's it's kind of hard to trust what they're going to do. Disley played the most in, in week eight, right? So, who knows really what they're going to go go to with their tight ends and who's going to play more. So all are in play, all three, but they're just risky because, you know, it's like they're trading off who is playing more in every single game. All right, well, let's start at the top. And you guys know I'm playing Kyler Murray. Like, there's no way I'm fading him. Uh, again, played him basically every single week so far uh, on the main slate and, you know, when he's on the showdown slate. I'm not fading him uh, on this one. The, the floor is so high. Again, Rushing ability, 74, 67, 106, and 61 yards in the ground. The matchup is amazing here. Um, he's just been super, super productive. Uh, he's had five rushing touchdowns the last four games. Uh, again, that really just raises his floor and his upside. Love Kyler Murray. Even at 13K, I think he's a priority uh, for this slate. Like, I don't think you fade Kyler Murray. Um, play him and don't get, you know, and move on. Russell Wilson, kind of the same thing. Uh, 11.8K, you know, you do get a nice little discount off, off of Kyler Murray, but I'm playing both quarterbacks. I am. I, I'm going to find a way to jam him in, and I'll, I'll get value elsewhere. Uh, the upside on both these guys is just enormous. Uh, I know Russell Wilson had a bad game last game against the Rams. I'm not worried about it at all. Not at all. Uh, this is, you know, against Arizona, what, three or four weeks ago, he put up 35 fancy points. 
And he's still a guy that can get rushing upset. Right? He had 84 yards in the ground against Arizona, 60 in the game against the Rams. Not as much as Kyler Murray, but definitely still has that, that floor. Um, so, yeah, I love both quarterbacks. Again, that's not a contrarian take. Both are going to be very, very popular. But I will be playing both uh, and, and getting value elsewhere. So let's talk about the wide receivers. Um, yeah, Hopkins at 10-8. He's really good at football. Uh, that it was an insane catch last game there against Buffalo uh, on the Hail Mary. Uh, he's been, if you look at the last four games, I guess a little bit up and down, but I'm not overly concerned about it right. 9, 28, 6, and 28 fancy points. The game against Dallas is didn't really need to pass. Uh, the game against Miami, they had like, I think like three or four pass interference calls uh, against the defense. So, uh, on, you know, on Hopkins uh, when he was trying to go for the catch. So, yeah, I'm not really concerned about those down games from Hopkins. He has a really big upside, like 30-plus fantasy point upside. Uh, we saw what he did a few weeks ago in Seattle, put up almost 30 fantasy points. So, love his upside if you can get to him. Uh, but like I said, you're going to have to make some tough calls in the slate. If you play both quarterbacks and, like, one of these top receivers, let's say we throw DeAndre Hopkins in there, going to be tricky, right? If you throw one of those guys in the captain, it's going to be kind of hard. Uh, but there is... I think there's enough viable value options we'll talk about where I think you can make it work by playing both quarterbacks and one of the top receivers. That's probably the strategy I'm leaning towards right now. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the the other receivers here. So Metcalf and Lockett, Metcalf's at 10-2. You know, with these Seattle receivers, it feels like it's so hard to predict which one's going to have a good game. Um, you know, they're, they're very up and down. Like Lockett, if you look at his last five games, 20, or Metcalf, I should say, 27, 4, 43, 26, and 4 fancy points. So, yeah, very up and down. Lockett, kind of the same thing, right? Last four games, 56 against Arizona, right? He had 20 targets, 15 catches. I'm not expecting that again. 7, 8, 11 fancy points, right? He's at a 40 in here, a 56. So, uh, they're very up and down. Uh, but they're, they're the clear top targets, obviously, here for Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, Seattle's has been forced to pass it a ton this year. So I like both Seattle receivers. And if you can get to them, you're going to have to make a tough call uh, if you're playing both quarterbacks and which one of these top receivers, if you even want to get to one of these top guys. Um, so, yeah, I, again, I wish I had a, a stronger take here on Metcalf versus Lockett, but I don't, right? They're up and down. Again, Lockett had the big game last game against Arizona, so probably more popular if he plays. Got to keep eye on the injury news, though. If, he's, if he surprisingly gets ruled out, then like I said, I really like David Moore. I really like Swain for value. Like Those would be the two top value plays in the slate, in my opinion, if Lockett is out. If Lockett plays, again, it's very boomer bust, but we've seen the upside from him. So the, the top receivers all look good, uh, but you're going to have to make a tough call on which one you're going to prioritize there with Hopkins and the two top guys there for Seattle. Running backs at Chris Carson, 8-4, is just a fade, even if he plays for me. Was a limited participant on Tuesday. Um, it's just too pricey, right? And, and who knows if he's going to get a full workload. You know, if we get news that Carson's good to go, full workload's going to be the bell cow back. Sure, I guess you can consider him, but he's just, I, I don't want to go to these Seattle running backs in the slate. I just much prefer the upside in the wide receivers. Christian Kirk's at 7-4, so he's kind of at a tricky price point. I don't think... You know, the mid-range in the show-on sites, a lot of the times, unless someone, like, really stands out, kind of goes forgotten about. You know, most of the times, it's kind of a stars and scrubs build. Kirk at 7-4 in the mid-range, I think, will be pretty low-owned. Because I think, you know, what most people will do is play both quarterbacks and probably try to jam in one of those top receivers. And if you do that, it's going to be near impossible to get Christian Kirk in your lineup. 
Uh, but we've seen upside game from Kirk. Three last four games, over 20 fancy points. He's got the big play upside. Sure, he kind of had to dub last game against Buffalo. Not overly concerned about it, right? Because he's he can be kind of boomer bust, right? He's going to run the deep routes. Um, I, I think he's a perfectly fine play in the, in the mid-range. I think more of a contrarian play. I don't think a ton of people get to him. Kenny Drake's at 6-2. It's tough because I think he does get a little bit more work, right? It's basically even 50-50 split. But he's really kind of touchdown dependent right now with no involvement in the pass game. Like, if he doesn't score, kind of going to be hard for him to get value uh, unless he just breaks this, it goes right 150 yards in the ground. So I think Drake is an interesting play. Um, again, I think the running games for both teams are, are risky uh, and they're going to be lower owned. Uh, but, you know, his first game back from injury, he had, over, he had 100 yards. So he looked good. It's just, like I said, there is no real involvement in the passing game. Makes him a riskier play. Now, I'm not saying he's out of play. I could see definitely see a way where, where Drake gets you there. But I think he either needs a touchdown or he needs, like, 100-plus yards uh, on the ground. Uh, and he has he has had over 100 yards in two last four games. So, uh, and again, the matchup is, is really good. Like, Seattle has struggled defensively to, to stop anyone. So, I think Drake is an interesting play in the mid-range, but not someone I'm really prioritizing. Kind of same with Chase Edmonds, right? He is, I think the snaps go down on him a bit, but he's still, like, productive with his touches. Like, he'll probably get, what, five to ten carries on the ground and then, like, four or five targets. Like, he's going to be targeted more, uh, but won't get as many carries. So, both both running backs are, yes, they're in play for Arizona, but I don't know if one really stands out. Um, If you land on those guys, that's fine. Uh, But like I said, I think the guys that I'm prioritizing, obviously, are both quarterbacks. I'm probably going to try to jam in one of those top receivers, uh, I think that's that's the way to go for, for like the, the big upset, right? Now, Carlos Hyde's at 5-2. We'll see, right? We have Carson's status up in there. We have Hyde's status up in there. If Carson is out and Hyde plays and he's full go and he's going to be their bell cow back, then sure, you can look to Carlos Hyde. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Collins there, with Homer there, with Dallas there. It, right? It's just it's not a situation I really want to mess with with the Seattle running backs. But again, we'll, we'll monitor that. We'll talk about it more in the live stream once we get actives and inactives. Uh, David Moore's at four eight. I think he's a pretty decent value play. Uh, he's not really going to blow the roof off the slate, uh, but he's probably will get around fifty percent of the snaps. Right? He played over sixty percent uh, that last game. Again, partly I think due to the fact that they were trailing. Or he played sixty one percent of the snaps. I think that was a, a, a season high for him. So, yeah, David Moore's definitely in play here at 4-8. Um, you know, last three games, 3-3, three, 6-3 three, three targets, right? And I think he's a fine option at 4-8. Definitely somebody you can consider. There, there is a good amount of value on the slate. I don't know if one play really stands out, but there's definitely about, you know, I would say six or so value guys that are viable on the slate. Larry Fitzgerald, another one of those guys. Sure, he's not going to blow the roof of the slate either, but he is going to play a majority of the game. Eight, five, and five targets. I think he's a safer value. Probably, I would say probably the safest value option just because of his playing time, right? He, he uh, played, what, 90% of the snaps? Sure, again, he doesn't have as much upside w- with his age now, but he's still, again, he's out there majority of the game. He's still getting targeted a decent amount out of the slot. So, yeah, I think Larry Fitzgerald is a pretty safe value option, definitely someone I'm considering. Uh, both cookers are viable too, right? This is a slate, what, we have almost 58 over-under. So there's going to be a lot of points scored. You can definitely look to both kickers. Like, kickers are always safe value on these showdown slates. We've seen showdown slates where kickers have been in the winning lineup. We saw one showdown slate where the kicker was in the captain. Right? It's, it's definitely possible. So 
Both kickers are 100% in play for me with an over-under this high. Again, there's going to be a lot of points scored, so I like both kickers for value. Collins at 3-8. We'll see. He did get the most snaps that last game, but that was with Hyde and Carson out. Both their statuses are up in the air. If they're both out, can you look to Collins at 3-8? Sure. But like I said, they would still use Dallas. They'd still use Homer. So it's just the Seattle running backs, it's hard to get really excited about. Now, Greg Olson's at 3-6. I think he is a pretty decent value option. If you just look at the snaps last game, right, he played 72% of the snaps, but we went over it, right? Every single week, it seems to be like it's Olsen, and then it's Hollister, and then it's Disley playing more. So can we trust that Olsen's going to play a majority of the snaps? I don't think we can necessarily trust it if we go and look at the recent weeks. Uh, but he's someone that is is definitely viable, right? Three, four, three, and four uh, targets in the last four games. So playable, like for me, I feel a little bit more comfortable getting to guys like Fitzgerald or, you know, probably David Moore. Uh, but Olsen is definitely a value guy I think you can look to. The defenses at 3-2 and 2-8 are, are, are just not going to go there. What you need is you need a defensive score because, again, most likely this game is going to be a shootout. With it getting close to 60 in the over-under, I just don't really want to consider the defense. There's still a way the defense gets you there, but you need probably like a punt return for touchdown or uh, you need a defensive score. So I'm really not going to prioritize the defenses on this one. Dan Arnold at 2-2. Again, we have Williams status up in the air, as well as uh, Williams and Daniels. So if they're both out, you know, Dan Arnold, I think, would be a pretty solid value play. He had four catches and four targets last game. If there's no competition uh, for, for snaps and he's going to play majority of the game, then, yeah, he is someone that we could look to. Again, got to keep an eye on Williams' status, as well as, um, as, well as Daniels. Williams. Did not practice last game, so we'll see, right? This is something to monitor. We'll talk about it more in the live stream, obviously. Andy Isabella, he's their number four receiver for Arizona. He played last game. He played 15% of snaps, right? He's not going to play a ton. Can you throw him in the player pool? Yeah, like he's had a catch in the last three games, but he's really not going to be out there a ton. You need him to, uh, and his one or two catches to really break one. So, sure, it's not out of the realm possibility that he's in the winning lineup, but he's definitely a riskier value option. Disley, we talked about the Seattle tight ends, right? It's hard to trust who's going to get the majority of the work. Um, you know, four, one, one, and two targets. I think he's a slightly riskier option, but he still had a catch in the last four games. Again, playable, but not overly excited about it. Freddie Swain's at 1-2. I actually think he's, he's an okay value. And again, if we get the news that Lockett is out, then I love David Moore. I love Freddie Swain. So they would step into the number two and number three roles and would just be underpriced. So last game, Freddie Swain played 37% of the snaps. And the game before, he was in the 30% range too. So at 1-2, that's that's playable. Again, I, I obviously feel more comfortable getting up a little bit more to guys like Fitzgerald and David Moore. But Freddie Swain is somebody you can look to. At this price, he doesn't need a lot to pay off his salary and allows you to get those studs into your lineup if you go to one of these like really cheap guys. Hollister, the same thing I'll say about Olsen, same thing I'll say about Disley, right? Hard to trust. He barely played the last game, uh, and the game before, he played the majority of the snaps, or two games before, right? So Seattle and their tight ends, it's hard to get a read on who who is going to get the majority of the work. All three tight ends are in play, but hard to feel really comfortable at any of them. Homer's at $800. He's limited to, and he's more their passing down running back. If both Hyde and Carson are out, then I think you could at least consider Homer. He's not going to play a ton, but he'll be out there for, for some of the third down work. And he didn't play a ton, but 
I guess we'll be least in consideration. Kind of same with DJ Dallas, right? Only would consider him if both uh, Carson and Hyde are out. And Daniels, he's he's the third string tight end. Uh, if both him and Max Williams are out, then I think Dan Arnold looks like a pretty decent value play. And I think that really wraps it up for the player by player breakdown. Yeah, that's really it. So. Let's talk about cash games, guys. If you're playing cash games, where would I go on the slate? Well, you're looking at it, right? You play both quarterbacks, and I think you play one in the captain. I think, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable with Kyler Murray in the captain, so that's probably where I start my lineup. Then, yeah, you only have 4.6K remaining, but there's enough value you can make it work. Again, if you go one of these top receivers, might be a little bit tricky, but it still would be viable 2.8K. We've talked about some cheaper guys, so that's probably where i go uh, for cash games, right? Both quarterbacks and, and probably one of those top receivers. Um, just because the running backs, it's hard to trust, right? Normally, I, I would try to get for cash games, both quarterbacks and probably one of the, you know, bell cow backs. But how can you trust either either team of the running backs, right? Seattle could be five running backs in play. Arizona, you have Drake, who is their starting back, but has no involvement in the pass game, makes him touchdown dependent. You have Edmonds, whose snaps will go down, but... It's, right, so it, it's hard to feel really comfortable at any of the running backs. Um, and then, like I said, my build is probably going to be both quarterbacks and one of these top receivers, and then value from there. We mentioned a lot of value plays. We'll go over them again, right? David Moore, Larry Fitzgerald. I like both kickers in a game that's going to be super, super high or super uh, high scoring. I think Dan Arnold of both those tight ends are out. The Seattle tight ends are all in play, but hard to, to get a, a good read on who's going to be the main guy there. I think Freddie Swain, the number four receiver for Seattle, looks okay. Again, if Lockett does get it rolled out, it's David Moore, it's Freddie Swain as the two top value plays in the slate for me. You know, Dallas and Homer guys, we could look to. That's dependent on the status of Carson and Hyde. If they're both out, then yeah, I think you could uh, you know look to Homer Dallas uh, for value. And yeah, that that really wraps it up for for me. Um, again, for GPPs. About 75% of the time, the winning lineup has either a running back or wide receiver. But this is a unique situation where we have both quarterbacks have rushing upside. Again, we've seen Kyler Murray have five rushing touchdowns the last four games. So I like getting to the quarterbacks and the captains. I don't think you have to do it. Uh, but I think that's that's definitely the safe way to go. And I would not be surprised at all if either quarterback is in the winning uh, optimal lineup at captain. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for the video today, guys. So if you haven't enjoyed the content so far, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a like button on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos and when I go live. I'm going to try to aim for 100 plus likes on this video, guys. So uh, yeah, make sure to hit that like button. Again, check out the live stream as well, 30 minutes before lock. Super, super excited about this slate. I will answer all your guys' questions. So very, very important to check out the live stream, and we'll talk about some builds uh, you know, some contrarian plays, what I'm thinking, and obviously we'll talk about the injuries as well. So thanks again, guys. Hope you guys have a good day, and I will see you all Thursday in the live stream.